Hi, I'm Rob Jepson, and my mission is to help sales leaders everywhere create record-setting growth in the companies they lead. I'm here to share the secrets of the world's most successful sales leaders. I don't care how big the company or how big the team. We showcase sales leaders that are taking what the market gives, and then some. We feature leaders and teams that are beating their markets, winning at crazy rates, and doing it predictably and sustainably. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Exvoyant, the one-on-one sales improvement platform that's transforming how high-growth sales leaders use Salesforce around the world. If you're one of the 97% of sales leaders that have a sales process but don't have a structured one-on-one coaching process, check out Exvoyant today. The Exvoyant team will show you how your one-on-ones with each rep can drive purpose-driven activities in a way that will change careers at your organization almost immediately. If you don't have a plan on how you can help every rep on your team improve by at least 10%, Exvoyant can help you grow faster than you ever thought possible. Now, get ready for some serious insights from sales leaders that are making it happen. And remember, don't worry, we've got you. Hello and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high-growth leaders share high-growth practices and tactics. Today, we are joined by Jamie Crosby. For over five years, Jamie helped propel career builder into high growth mode, leading a team of 100 as vice president of sales. Helping disrupt how companies help find talent really helped her see additional opportunities in the talent acquisition and development world. And as a result, she founded Proactivate. As founder and CEO of Proactivate, Jamie's team focuses on sales leaders and helping them build and protect their revenue sources. She's also a sponsor of Girls Club and is doing very important work helping women become prepared for meaningful sales leadership opportunities. Jamie's a sought-after speaker and a dynamic leader, and I am super excited to have the conversation we're going to have today. Jamie, welcome to our show, and thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here with you today. It's going to be fun. I uh, I love your story. You have a you you have a really unique story, and we're going to talk about something on the show today that we have not talked about yet with any of our guests. So I'm fired up. I, I love your energy. I love your story, and and I think most of all, I think I, I'm really excited for the value you're going to be able to share and the knowledge you're going to be able to drop with our with our, our listeners. Can you start, Jamie, with just a little bit about your story? Can you tell tell our listeners about Proactivate and and how you got where you are? Sure, Rob. I'd be happy to. Yes, absolutely. So I, I started Proactivate 14 years ago. As you know, prior to that was VP of Sales at Career Builder, and prior to that was in the traditional, I would say, staffing industry. And I just saw gaps in the market for uh, leaders of sales organizations to really be able to protect and propel their revenue with the traditional, uh, you know, avenues in terms of talent. And so I really was inspired to create a unique model to help organizations, you know, either grow and expand geographically or vertically or replace C players with A players or really protect their revenue. And I, and that is, you know, originally my whole thought process was this has to be a key critical aspect of how organizations do business. This is the lifeblood of organizations. And so there needs to be revenue insurance, so to speak, a model that allows organizations to have a funnel and a pipeline plan and be strategic about that 
so that they can protect the revenue. If a C player were to, you know, need to leave or if an A player gets promoted or things like that. So those are the areas that we help companies. And bigger picture, Rob, I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur and start my own business. And so I chose to work at very entrepreneurial companies along the way so that I would have the experience I needed when I was ready to start my own. So there's a couple of stories there. I really appreciate you sharing that. Before we dive into those, one last background uh, question that our, our listeners always are hitting me up with. You, you shared a killer story how you were a career builder. You saw some gaps. I can't wait to talk about these gaps because I think those gaps are going to be important for our listeners. What led you to sales in the first place? Uh, I mean, there, that's not a lightweight job to land VP of sales for career builder. Um, what led you to that? Well, I will tell you, my inspiration was my mom, for sure. She was a speaker and as well a regional uh, and national, eventually, VP of sales. And I always just sort of had it in me. Like at dinner, Rob, we would, we, I felt like I was in a motivational seminar when I you know, just That's having so dinner awesome. with my family. That is so yeah, awesome. So, it was just inbred, I think. Even when I started in the traditional staffing industry and I wasn't officially in sales, I was more on the operations side initially, like my first job. I was always asked by the salespeople, what would you do? How would you handle this? What would, you know, what should I say? And so eventually they had me within about six months, I was leading not just the operations team, but the sales team. And between you and I, and now all of your listeners, I had never officially done sales. No way. <laughs> it's awesome. true. It, it was, it was, a, it was a little secret for a while, but <laughs> now it's out there. Well, that is, that is a terrific story. I love that. I, I love just thinking about your dinnertime uh, conversations uh, as, as your training ground for being, you know, a leader that inspires people. I, I think that's fantastic. Um, if we have time, I want to circle back to that. Let, let's, sure. shift, let's shift back. Let's talk a little bit about Proactivate because as I'm a founder of a company like you and, and our company is growing really fast like yours. Um, and I get hit up by talent acquisition people all the time, multiple times per week. Um, how do you how do you differentiate in a space that's got a lot of of competition? I mean, competition's a sign of a really good market. I think that's always a good sign for someone like you that it's competitive. But what Absolutely. are some of the things that you do to be we're different and you should talk to us? First and foremost, I will tell you that one of the hardest things to find when I was VP of Sales at Career Builder were talent acquisition firms that actually understood sales. So just right off the bat, the fact that we specialize in sales and sales leadership removes us from a lot of the competition. Now, there are a lot of generalist firms that will say that they do that. Uh, but in terms of really specializing in it, we believe it takes great sales talent to go find great sales talent. So that's first and foremost. And I, I will tell pause? you. Can I push pause yeah, on that? push pause. Because yeah. that, is, that is an awesome, awesome statement. I want to make this really clear to our listeners. That's why I asked that question. Every single sales leader needs to help their team understand how to differentiate in the market. I think that's a fair thing to say. And yeah. what you just said, I, I love that. 
because I think you're right. I get hit by generalists all the time, Jamie. They're like, whatever you need, we got you. And that, mm-hmm. that like makes me, it sounds to me, that always sounds like the Charlie Brown teacher going, wah, 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 you know? <laughs> oh, it's so true because they don't get that specific, you know, specialization. They don't get that specific area of business. And, and when you're talking to sales leaders, you know, I'm speaking with VPs of sales. Our team is working with CEOs, VPs of sales, regional sales leaders. They want, they don't want to talk about HRE types of terms. They want to talk about their revenue, their growth, and, you know, things that relate to that, which are obviously their number one asset, which is people. But yeah, specializing in sales is critical. Uh, the other thing I would say, Rob, is it's, so one of the things that I found with working in the traditional staffing industry is that the process was not necessarily always an authentic qualification process, and it wasn't very in-depth. And so candidates would, you know, go through maybe a 15 to max 30-minute conversation, qualification, in quotes, and you would kind of just send resumes because the way in which the whole structure uh, was set was that, you know, candidates were just submitted and, and the best candidates went to the highest paid fees and they weren't necessarily thoroughly deeply qualified because traditionally only 10 to 15% of the jobs were filled. So they just couldn't spend that in-depth time. So I wanted to create a model that had a a true partnership with an organization to essentially serve as their eyes and ears in the marketplace and not just send, you know, candidates if we found them, but commit to sending a number of qualified candidates within a certain time frame that have gone through a very in-depth qualification process. So we, the thing that sets us apart the most, I would say, and we're second to none in the market is our, our, in-depth, customized sales behavioral interview process. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are a few main components of it, but we are spending, Rob, an hour and a half to two hours with these candidates prior to submitting them. So we send the three best of the best. That's it. We talk with a lot, and we just send the three best of the best for each opportunity. And our ratios suggest one out of three are hired. So it, it works, and it saves our clients a lot of time. But they're so in-depthly qualified in the areas of skill set, mindset, and we do simulation evaluation. So our clients love that because it's a great return on investment for their time and their, you know, their money. So you're solving multiple problems. It's a lot more than just filling territories for them. It's you're solving problem of time for open territory. I'm guessing that you probably are getting the people that have all the firsts happen faster, you know, first demo, first deal, first quota, all that kind of stuff. Since you're such a specialist, are you able to talk in the language of the problem the sales leader uh, is facing more than just the need of a salesperson? Yes, yes, absolutely. Was that an awkward question? It didn't come out right. Do you get what I'm asking? I do. I do. I mean, I think I do because what, what, yes, what we hear constantly is the number one challenge is, okay, I've got this, this revenue goal and I don't have the team members that it takes to achieve that goal. And so one of the biggest challenges sales leaders have, and by the way, one of the least favorite parts of their job is to be 
interviewing and finding mm-hmm. talent. Like they want to be out helping their team close deals, not having to go find people. And that's a whole nother sales job in and of itself. So one of the biggest challenges that they face is really proactively, you know, engaging in a talent strategy that protects their revenue and therefore having the right people in the right seats. And what happens from that, as you know, is they're holding on to seed players too long and, or they're having open positions that are costing, you know, millions annually because they don't have the right people. So, Jamie, I've just written three things down as I'm listening to you, and I'm burning up another notepad. Um, you started with <laughs> your specialist, and then you the next thing you shifted to is you have a process. And the third thing you shifted to was you are able to discuss uh, the nuances and the impact of the problems that face these sales leaders uh, in a unique way. Are, are those three things? Because it, let, let me tell you why that is so interesting to me. This isn't unique to what you're doing in talent development and talent acquisition. Those are, that's a killer blueprint for anybody that's in a competitive marketplace. Those three things give you a leg up on trying to be different when you talk to people in the target market. Fair to say? Right. Yes. I would absolutely agree. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I look at that and that's, that's one of the things that I, that I, I think about a lot is, is I look at the numbers and the data from people like Jim Dickey that shows that we're having more and more people, we're falling farther away. Fewer people are hitting goal every year. The problem's getting worse, not better. And we're getting more and more people that are attracted to sales, which is the greatest profession in the world. And the leaders that understand how they can create a well-lit path for success for their reps, they win over and over again with all kinds of different talent. And then there's all the others that never seem to crack that code. And so what, any of the thoughts that have you built and cracked the code on, on selling to sales leaders? Any other things that have been part of your blueprint to help proactivate, uh, be differentiated in a, in a really competitive world? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head with, you know, truly consulting with them about the, the challenges that they face. And we see ourselves as partners and advisors and essentially an extension of their internal sales organization. And obviously, you know, to be able to, to talk at their level and to help strategize with them in all of the areas that impact revenue generation is, is very critical. Uh, and as well, finding people that they couldn't find on their own, right? I mean, that, you know, essentially going out there and finding people who are working and winning and doing well, where this would be a next step or an upgrade in their career, and bringing those individuals to them that they couldn't easily find because we are going to market, you know, intentionally, strategically going after those types of individuals that match their ideal candidate profile, but that they wouldn't just find online because, Typically, those individuals are looking. And, you know, for those, for sales roles and sales leadership roles, if, if the person is unemployed, there might be a reason. Not to say always, because there are certainly outliers in that or someone who truly relocated with a spouse or an organization truly shifted. But in general, you want to look for the people working and winning. And that's what we find. So I want to ask you one more question that's related to proactive. And then I got a couple of things I want to shift it into because I'm looking, we got plenty of time, but I can't believe how fast it's going by, Jimmy. You're, you're, I love your story. So you have figured out how to sell to sales leaders. You have a sales team that's, that's getting sizable, started, you're growing. 
you're hiring more people. Can you share just again, because we've got tons of sales leaders and people that aspire to be leaders listening to this all around the world. Your team, think about your team because you're, you've got the sales team that's on, that you're now leading as well. When you get someone on your team, uh, how do you set expectations with them on what it means to be a, a, a part of the Proactivate team? Any, any blueprint that you can share on how do you help a salesperson join your team and, and get up to speed fast? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, you know, one of the most important things to get people up to speed quickly, well, obviously you've got to have a onboarding and, you know, training program and all of those things to help get them uh, working and impacting very quickly. But one of the most important things I think is having a replicatable sales process and formula for success. And so for us, we always work to ensure that everybody on our team knows what's expected of them. They know how they're measured weekly, monthly, quarterly, annually. They know exactly what it takes to win. And so this is when I say replicatable sales process and formula for success. They know specifically the formula for success. And I think that's a great quality in great salespeople and great sales leaders. That's one of the, the first questions I always want to know is, what did it take for you to win? And so if they can tell you what it took, and I mean down to leads, you know, blueprinting those leads, appointments, how many appointments it takes to close the deal, I mean, down to the details. If they can tell you how they win, then they can do that again. They didn't just get lucky. And so for our new sales team members, I think it's critical to give that for sure fire formula for success. Like do this and you will win. Now let's figure out what that is for you, right? We're going to customize this for you over time. But if you just do this, yours might be less eventually. But when you start and you're ramping up, here are the activities that it takes to win. And if you do these things that you can control, you'll get every deal that you were going to get, you know. Um, you're not going to win every deal, but you know what I mean? Like the right. deals come from those things that you can control. And so I like giving them the formula for success. And, and without doing so, it's not setting them up for success as well as a clear sales process. I think we have a very consultative, solution-oriented sales process, and we work hard to help get people developed into that initially so they can go out in the marketplace and make a difference quickly. Any pointers you can share with our listeners on how there's this delicate balance of you got to win, you want to get, you got to get deals done because that's the source of revenue for your customer, for your, for your company, excuse me. But you also want to develop the relationships. Like you said, you want to be consultative. You want to, you want to play the long game, but you don't want to lose track of the short game while you're doing it. Any pointers you can give our listeners because that's a pretty common challenge that sales leaders often don't know how to handle. Oh, I, I completely agree. And, and I think uh, if you're ever coming across of just trying to check the box or, you know, get the numbers, then you're truly not a great salesperson or great sales leader. Uh, you really, the desire to make an impact and truly help people solve challenges has to be there. That's one of the most important qualities. And as a sales leader, it's doing so with your team. I think one of the most important qualities of a sales leader is empathy, like truly caring about, uh, you know, and demonstrating the ability to 
understand others and truly caring about them um, and what motivates them. And that's great with a client or with your team as a sales leader. Mm-hmm. And so that's what builds trust um, and it drives the productivity, but it's not focused on the, the numbers. It's focused on truly caring, uh, you know, and so that is one, uh, to answer your question, one thing that I feel like is, is critical for great sales leaders is just having at their core empathy and emotional intelligence. I think Rob, as you know, is another one. It's just yep. so important. Uh, it's critical for sales leaders because it, you know, there's no way to truly work through challenges with potential clients or overcome objections or motivate your team without emotional intelligence about knowing really how to motivate and support and console and, you know, help them maximize their performance. So a true sales leader changes the trajectory of success within their sales organization. And, you know, if they could, if a salesperson could reach one level on their own, the sales leader should help them reach a higher level. I totally agree. I totally agree with that. Yeah. I think the best lens for us as leaders, I love that you went there, Jamie. Thank you so much for going there. I love saying this to sales leaders. If because someone works with you, they don't achieve a higher level of success as a direct result of them working with your leadership, what value are you? You're not much more than right. otherwise, right? Exactly. Exactly. And oh my gosh, it's so funny you say that because that's not what you want to be. I used to say that early on in my career. I'm like, is this like daycare or sorority? Come on, let's get to it. We got to make an impact. We got to raise the bar. <laughs> now you're firing me up again. Yes, I, 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 you, <laughs> you do this to me every time you talk to me. So I, you, I love it. You have made a terrific business. It's what you do. It's what you write about. It's what you speak about on how to become, you know, placed as a sales leader. So people that are looking for their next sales leadership job or people that want their first sales leadership job, what are some things that our listeners can do to really be seen as a killer candidate as a great sales leader? So I think first and foremost, uh, you know, people sometimes think, okay, well, you just have to be a great salesperson and then you'll get promoted into sales leadership. And that's really where some of our biggest hiring mistakes are made is just assuming that a great salesperson will be a great sales leader. Uh, And so I would say, you know, it's very important to remember the difference because, again, a sales leader is helping impact the growth of the sales team and really changing what they could do on their own. Uh, So a couple things that come to mind. First and foremost, I would say, be a true leader. And being a true leader is, is helping to impact the growth of others. As sales managers manage things. Sales leaders inspire and develop people. And so that in and that of itself so and good. understanding that, uh-huh. yeah, I just think we get stuck and we think, okay, I, I could be a sales manager quote, I could tell people what to do. I can manage, you know, and ask them how many appointments they've had. Um, And that's kind of like an administrative thing. I mean, anyone can ask all that, but how do you inspire them and impact them? And, you know, I wrote a book, uh, uh, it's called The Power of Two, Exponential Sales Leadership. And it's just about the impact of a true sales leader, the exponential impact of two together going at it, you know, in the field and with clients and going into 
opportunities and the power of two as a true sales leader, not a manager. So that's one thing. And the other thing is, you know, there are, are really um, four main core components that make a sales organization extremely effective and, and peak performing, so to speak. Uh, one is sales talent, I would say. One is sales process and sales planning and, and really, you know, sales messaging, like you said, what makes you unique in the marketplace. And so I think to, to be a great sales leader, you need to understand those components and be strategic. Uh, you know, sales leaders truly have to help devise the organization's sales strategy to beat the competition and to maximize revenue. And so I think great sales leaders get that. They get the knowledge that it takes to really, you know, approach the marketplace in terms of, you know, strategy and segmentation and people and process. And, and I will tell you this, great sales leaders at Career Builder, Rob, I required all of my sales leaders to interview two great people every week, whether they had an opening or not. So they were protecting their number one asset. So I think that's really important that they're oh, proactive. Great sales leaders are very engaged with their people. They know their bigger why, their real reason for being there. They know their big picture goals, and they're helping lead them and, and manage toward that, not just their quota, but, hey, your big, your big why for this is you want to achieve this one day. You know, you want that vacation home or you want this for your family. And so they're talking in their language. Um, but to your question in terms of like how to prepare them, you know, salespeople for that next sales leadership job, I think that you've got to have credibility of your peers. You've got to be someone who is not just focused on your own results, but you know, you, you get the, you, you could go close the deal for sure. You have good sales results. You need to be at least a B player, you know, um, but but you don't have to be the best top performing salesperson. In fact, sometimes those people are so just individually focused that they wouldn't necessarily have the respect or be able to motivate the, the team. Sometimes you can, but it's true. It's displaying those leadership skills before you're in the position. I was always told by my mom, act like you're in the role that you want to be in. So right now, if you're wanting to be, yes, yes. If you want to be a sales leader, act like one today. Help people. Help so other people on your team. So let, this now bears another question. So you get <clears throat> you get hit up by companies all around the world to help you fill key leadership positions. And how I'm going so there's there's one side of this conversation. So if you're already a sales leader, what do you need to be able to demonstrate you've done? But I think where I want to go with the time we have right now and we'll come back to the other side to get them to take a chance on you for that first sales leadership job. I get asked this question a lot. How do you know if someone's ready to become that sales leader? How do you get a company to take a chance on someone that it's their first sales leadership role? Does that generally have to be a promotion inside a company you have? Or how do you get someone to promote you into a company on the outside if it's your first sales leadership job? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes, it does make sense. And, and sure, I think that, could come more easily within the organization that you're at because they've already seen a display of that. But we absolutely have, you know, first level sales leadership roles where they are looking for proven salespeople, salespeople who 
have displayed their own sales results and have a desire for growth now and truly want to help other people. And so I would tell you, if you're a salesperson today and you're trying to get your first sales leader role, you want to show that you can achieve sales results. You want to show that you understand what made you successful, that mm -hmm. you could you could articulate your sales formula for success because that would help another company know that you could teach that to someone else, that you would have a replicatable uh, formula as well as a process. Uh, so you want to understand that, but also the ability to communicate what you truly understand sales leadership to be um, and the impact that you want to make. And so I think, you know, I will tell you a lot of times when we have people in that scenario, Rob, they're having to give a 30, 60, 90 day plan to an organization in terms of what they would do as a sales leader. And so if you've never been in a sales leader yet, you certainly know great sales leadership because you probably have come up from underneath, you know, or alongside, I should say, a great sales leader, um, or you know what you didn't have. And so be sure to communicate what that would look like to you. What is a strategic sales leader do? You know, I would tell you right off the bat, like, what is your plan? Okay, a great sales leader has weekly one-on-ones with their team members. They are, you know, very focused and goal-oriented with those team members and developing them regularly. They have great development uh, within their, their entire team. You know, they're out either in the field if it's outside or on the calls alongside their team members. So make sure you are able to articulate a clear understanding of, of what great sales leadership looks like. And then I would tell you, I mean, great sales leaders are, like I said, highly emotional, intelligent. They can, they display empathy. They have great listening skills. You know, they're adaptable. They're strategic. And so anything you can do in that interview process to display those types of characteristics and, and show that you have a vision and a way in which to get there, that can help you stand out as a sales leader, whether you've been in a role or not yet. Do you buy into the, thank you for that. Do you buy into the statement that people quit on leaders, not companies, or do you disagree with that? I, I agree. I think the number one reason people, uh, you know, look for new opportunities is their boss. Which is why you're 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 in such a cool spot that you do a lot when you when you help solve the problem of having a bad sales leader. Uh, not only will you get that revenue, you'll keep it. Is that that what you're kind of seeing as a great sales leader doesn't just attract talent; they keep it. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, there's going to be some natural turnover, but it, 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 we both know it's the number one reason. It, it's the biggest reason because it's about that relationship with that leader. And if you have a great relationship with your leader, you will overcome a lot of things that you may or may not like within the organization as a whole. Mm. Uh, so, yes, you know, not only, if, you know, as a great sales leader is helping, obviously, the or organization reach its goal, but it's really, you know, helping the people on their team surpass what they could do and, and reach their bigger why as to why they're there. They're not just there to hit the company's quota. They're there to make an impact in their lives and the lives of their families in a bigger way. And a great leader 
gets that. And, and if you get that, your people are loyal. And to your point, they stay with you. So you've seen, we're running out of time now. I got to wrap it up and I'm bummed because I could talk to you for a few hours, I think, and we'd have a killer time. Um, so thank you. You've been an amazing conversation guest. Thank you so much, Jamie. Absolutely. It's been my pleasure. But here now, I want to I want to mix up just a little bit how we kind of wrap it down uh, and then give people uh, all the info they need so they can get in touch with you. You probably have a unique view on what makes a great sales leader and what makes a not so great one. And the reason is you probably have come in after some bad one for companies like Jamie, I need you because we can't have this happen again. Or, you know, there's got to be times when they say, hey, this is a good one. We want to get somebody more like this. You've probably seen it all. What's the one or two uh, things that you see the great leaders do that the average ones don't do? I would go back, Rob, to uh, great leaders. Think of their whole mission within that organization uh, is to impact the people on their teams. And so they, the great leaders truly have empathy for the people on their team and they they really understand and and I hope I'm making this this one clear like when I say the bigger why you know sales managers are always talking about the company's quota the company goal have you done your appointments have you hit this number but when you know what's behind that for the people on your team and you're talking and speaking in that language uh, as it relates to their lives personally that 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 totally separates a leader um, and, and I think a, a leader who leads by example, right, the team respects them. They know they can go into any client scenario or, or really any people scenario, any leadership scenario within the organization, and they're respected because they could handle any of it. They could go help their sales team member with multiple scenarios and situations, help close the deal, help, you know, fight on their behalf, whatever it is. Uh, I think that gains a lot of respect from your team members and it, and it makes you a great leader. So is that a good lens to look through then? You've given me, hell, you've given me so much. I'm looking through my notes. I, I, uh, you've given at least three ways that I think a leader, person listening to our show, they should ask, you know, you're driving into work, you're at the gym on the treadmill, whatever you're listening to Jamie talk right now. Those are several ways you can say, am I doing that? Do I know that I'm impacting lives? Do I know that what we're doing has changed that trajectory or helped them win more than they otherwise might have won? And maybe most of all, do I know what really drives them, right? Do I, do I understand that? Mm-hmm. It, it, mm-hmm. It, that's got to be the way of knowing if you're having an impact way more than the scoreboard of what sales are. Or, 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 or am I getting that wrong? No, I think it is. And I think it will lead to the scoreboard of sales. Yeah. Absolutely. That's I mean, you won't keep your job if you don't have the scoreboard looking good. Amen. <laughs> so, no, right? We sign up for the scoreboard. Make no mistakes. We sign up for it. But just because right. numbers are there doesn't mean – because, again, tell me if you see this or not. And, and now we're starting to go long, and I apologize. Glassdoor reported again last year that 68% of salespeople are actively looking for their next job. And, um, right. and, you know, part of that's got to be because fewer people are hitting goal, but it's got to be more than just the numbers. It's got to be these other things that you're talking about. A hundred percent. I agree with you. All right. So we're, we're, we're wrapping it up. This has been killer. I, I always, you know, I always get bummed when the time starts to slip away from me. 
like this because I know it's been such a fun conversation. It has, and I'm gonna get. I'm gonna hear from our listeners. Uh, they're gonna tell me thanks for getting you on because this has been a very unique conversation. Can you share with our listeners? We finish every conversation the same way. What's the biggest sales leadership challenge you faced as a high growth leader? And, and maybe more important, how do you face it down? How do you attack that challenge? Well, Rob, I'm not just saying this because this is what we do, but it kind of, it makes me laugh because the cobbler's children never have shoes, right? So <laughs> our number one challenge is truly always uh, around talent. I mean, it, it's just finding the best of the best and, and we attack it by practicing what we preach, right? In terms of what we, you know, go out in the market and help other companies do. When we practice what we preach, then we do it very well. Um, and if we're not strategic about it and kind of careless, then we don't do it very well. And so it's, it's, it's critical. That's the, the number one thing it takes to grow the sales organization is making sure we are armed with the right people. It's a great one, and it made me laugh when you said the cobbler's shoes, because um, I can relate to that. I, you know, I, I, I love that whole thing, and I think you're right. That's why I loved your best practice of make sure you're interviewing two potential stars every week, because uh, you're going to end up wanting those people at some point for one reason or another. So Exactly, exactly. Right. That's Absolutely. a great one. No one shared that one before. You just gave us a new uh, great leadership challenge to face down. I, I appreciate that. And the last thing we found is the great leaders never stop learning. The great leaders are always trying to continue to grow themselves. And what I've learned is leaders are readers. And um, yeah. whether it's books or whether it's audibles or whether it's blogs or whatever, is there anything that you'd recommend to our listeners that they ought to try and get their hands or ears on uh, as part of their, their library of success? Yes, I would. And you know what? This will probably be different than most, uh, you know, Good. in terms of it's it's a more general overall approach. But I would tell you, to your very point, great leaders are always learning. So they have a growth mindset. They're not, you know, seeing challenges as situations, uh, you know, being in the situation room. They are in the solutions room. Mm. And and being in the solutions room means they, they want to grow. And, and so uh, there's a book uh, by Carol Dweck, and she's amazing. She's one of the pioneers in the, in the field of mindset, and she talks a lot about growth mindset. The book is um, Mindset, the New Psychology of Success. Cool. And I think it's a missing piece for leadership and sales performance in general. And uh, There's so much focus on their skill set, what's the skill set of a great salesperson or great sales leader. But 80% of our success, Rob, comes from mindset. So this is a book that will help them really develop their mindset, which is what gets left, you know, untouched or unfocused on so many times. And so I think it would be a great book to help people really uh, be in that continual mode of, of learning and, and growing and being comfortably uncomfortable, so to speak. I love it. That no one's recommended that one. We'll get that one in the library as well. And and uh, as always, when people give me ones I haven't seen, I'll, I'll put that in my Amazon cart quickly and get my hands on it. Next time you and I speak, I, you need to ask me for a book review on what I thought about it. So, okay, perfect. I will. Jamie, I will, and I love talking with you. Yeah. Any final thoughts for our listeners as we get ready to wrap this up? No final thoughts. Uh, I'm happy to, you know, help any of your listeners in any of these key areas, uh, you know, either people who are hoping to get into sales leadership 
and, you know, have their first opportunity or people who need talent uh, in any way I can help. I would be more than happy to help. And, so and it's been such that? a pleasure. How do they get more Jamie? I mean, how do they learn more about you? How do they read what you're, what you're talking about? How do they get in touch with you? How, how, do, they, how do they connect and get more of you? Well, I would love to do that. Uh, so one way, I mean, obviously our, our company website is, um, our company name is Proactivate, obviously, but our website is proactivate.net, not proactive, but proactivate.net. And, and so that's one way. My Twitter is at JM, as in Mary Crosby, C-R-O-S-B as in boy, I-E. And uh, I do a lot on LinkedIn. I also have a personal website, jamiecrosbyie.com. So that's a great way as well. So I would love to connect uh, either on LinkedIn or Twitter or on the website in any way possible and would be happy to help and add value wherever I could. All right. I, uh, I hope people reach out to you and take you up on that. I, I have a suspicion that you'll be hearing from some people. Uh, <clears throat> Jamie, thanks again for joining us. It's been a terrific conversation. Uh, she's the founder and CEO of Proactivate. She is a specialist in helping your organization find their next generation of great salespeople and sales leaders. And uh, if nothing else, she will fire you up every time you listen to her. So, Jamie, thank you so much for joining us, and happy selling. Thank you so much, Rob. Happy selling to you. Go close the deal. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another So What portion of the Sales Leadership Podcast, where we break down that interview and we ask ourselves, why did that conversation even matter? And it was fun to get Jamie in here. Jamie has a really cool perspective because she sells and she leads a sales team in a really competitive industry, but she also helps great companies uh, hire great sales leaders that are difference makers. So I thought it was going to be a really interesting conversation for our sales leaders listening to the show um, from both of those perspectives. And, and I want to break it down, just the thing, the thing that stood out to me the most from either side, because I thought that there was a lot of great nuggets. But for me, I'm finding that uh, salespeople and sales leaders are really uh, realizing more than ever that there is a glut of sales activity going on. Everybody's emailing, everybody's calling, everybody's trying to have sales engagement start to happen more for them. We have great technologies. We have great trainings. We, and we've introduced you to a lot of them on the show. But she, she, she just nailed it uh, in the beginning of the interview when she talked about the importance of, of differentiation. I've thought for a long time, you don't have to be better or worse than your competitor. You just have to know how you're different and why that matters. And so she, she I thought, gave some really great uh, tips on how to create points of difference. And I loved her whole process for achieving sales success in a competitive market. Specialize, process, problem. Those three words. Specialists beat generalists. It's just that simple. Uh, you know, there's a lot of times when, when I get people calling me and they think they, I can solve all of your development problems. I can solve all of your hiring, hiring problems. All of whatever. You know, it's very important that we pick very specific problems. And that we, that we speak the language of those. We've talked a lot about process on the show. We've started to talk more about problems on the show. And I'm going to say one of my governing laws, you know, the, the Jepson's 23 laws of sales. Sometime I'll share them all. But one of them is there's only two ways to be valuable. And that's it. Only two. You can solve a problem someone cares about 
or you can achieve a result someone cares about. And your process needs to be really good at helping you uh, get your customers or your prospects to tell you with their own mouth what they care about, either the problems they need to solve now or the results that they need to achieve in you know, whatever future. And, and if you can't do one of those two things, you can't be valuable. It's just impossible. So I think you ought to challenge yourself and think as a leader, how much problem depth does each member of my team have? Can we go deep or are we just superficial? Um, I, I think that's a really important concept, and I think it's something that you should be spending time on. Keenan talked about doing problem training. Jake Hugely's been on here talking about doing problem training. I'm going to echo those two awesome sales leaders and say, make sure you are able to go deep on problems. I guess the only other thing I would say on her part of, about differentiating, she talked about sometimes people get lucky. And if you and that leads into the next one. If you want to be hired as a sales leader, I loved her thoughts around you need to be able to discuss and show how process helped you win. John Barrows talked about that where he talked about a paint-by-numbers approach and, and that the great salespeople are often just the artists. And the great leaders, however, are the ones that weren't the artists that can just paint but they're the ones who know how to do a paint by numbers. And I thought that that's what uh, Jamie was talking about. It was really interesting to me um, to have her talk about why it's so important that you realize that you're not just getting lucky. Uh, I've talked about that a lot. I believe that that uh, we need to be able to measure the strength of our sales process. And if we understand that you can remove 80% of the variance in sales if you just know how many dollars in the pipeline an individual should start, how many deals, you know, deal flow that represents for the individual salesperson, and then what their cycle time for them consistently should be. If we can do dollars, deals, and speed, I've modeled it. I know it. I don't think it. It removes 80% of the variance in sales. And so you can very quickly figure out if you have enough dollars or, or more than enough dollars. Do I have enough deals or more than enough deals? And is my time faster or slower than it needs to be? Very quickly you can figure that out. And I actually put that on a quadrant that says, your results can be positive or negative, and your process can be strong or weak. And if results are, are positive and your process is weak, then that's called getting lucky. You know, if you don't have enough dollars and you don't have enough speed or you don't have enough deal flow and you're still hitting your numbers based on whatever your normals have been, you're getting lucky unless, there's only one unless, here it is, unless you've had a leader that's helped you work on establishing new normals. And that's what I want to finish on. The job of a leader is to create new normals. I had the opportunity to speak at Outreach Unleashed this week, and it was a fantastic conference. Kudos to the whole outreach team and Max Outschuler for putting on such a killer event. And I was, uh, I was asked to speak on how to create a sales dynasty. And I shared a, a coaching framework on how, on how you as a leader can, can help every rep improve. And that's how you become a dynasty instead of just someone who wins sometimes. And really what you need to be thinking about is how do I help every rep create new normals? If every rep is always creating new normals in relation to their personal process, if every rep has a personalized plan on how they're going to get there, you can do that. You can all of a sudden get to a point where you're creating a dynasty because everyone's improving. And that's what coaching comes down to is not where am I now. It's not what's broken now. It's what's next. And so I, I love the, the uh, lens that she finished with that Jamie gave us. You should ask yourself a couple of questions, three questions that I wrote down from her. Do I know that I'm impacting the lives of the people that I'm working with, right? 
Do I know that I've helped change the trajectory of a career, let them win more than they otherwise would have? And third, do I know what drives them, what they aspire to accomplish? If you know those things, you're on the road to creating a dynasty. And if you can do that with every single rep on your team, you can win. So that should be your litmus test. How am I helping every single rep improve to go to someplace better than they were now? And if you do that, you will be a legendary leader that creates a dynasty for your sales team. And with that, I want to thank Jamie. It was fantastic to have you. I want to thank you for subscribing to the show. Continue to give us those great ratings. Continue to give me the great feedback. And as always, don't worry. Just execute because we got you. Thanks for joining us for the Sales Leadership Podcast, your weekly pipeline to the most successful thought leaders and rainmakers in sales. Make sure to check out additional episodes at salesleadershippodcast.com. The Sales Leadership Podcast is produced by Brian Jepson and is sponsored by Exploit, the modern sales leadership platform for Salesforce.com users. You can visit Exvoyant at exvoyant.com.